Welcome to Volume 8 of The Scarecrow of Oz. Chapter 17. The Orc Rescues Button Bright. I must now tell you what had become of Button Bright since he wandered away in the morning and got lost. This small boy, as perhaps you have discovered, was almost as destitute of nerves as the Scarecrow. Nothing ever astonished him much. Nothing ever worried him or made him unhappy. Good fortune or bad fortune, he accepted with a quiet smile, never complaining whatever happened. This was one reason why Button Bright was a favorite with all who knew him, and perhaps it was the reason why he so often got into difficulties, or found himself lost. Today, as he wandered here and there, over the hill and down the dale, he missed Trot and Cap'n Bill, of whom he was fond, but nonetheless, he was not unhappy. The birds sang merrily, and the wildflowers were beautiful, and the breeze had a fragrance of new-mown hay. The only bad thing about this country is its king, he reflected, but the country isn't to blame for that. A prairie dog stuck its round head out of a mound of earth and looked at the boy with bright eyes. Walk around my house, please, it said, and then you won't harm it or disturb the babies. All right, answered Button Bright and took care not to step on the mound. He went on, whistling merrily, until the petulant voice cried out, Oh, please stop that! Stop it! It gets on my nerves! Button Bright saw an old gray owl sitting on the branch of a tree, and he replied with a laugh, All right, old fussy! and stopped whistling until he had passed out of the owl's hearing. At noon, he came to a farmhouse where an aged couple lived. They gave him a good dinner and treated him kindly, but the man was deaf and the woman was dumb, so they could answer no questions to guide him on the way to Pond's house. When he left them, he was just as much lost as he had been before. Every grove of trees he saw from a distance he visited, for he remembered that the king's castle was near a grove of trees, and Pond's hut was near the king's castle, but always he met with disappointment. Finally, Passing through one of these groves, he came out into the open and found himself face to face with the orc. Hello, said Button Bright. Where did you come from? From Orkland, was the reply. I've found my own country at last, and it's not far from here either. I would have come back to you sooner to see how you were getting along had not my family and friends welcomed my return so royally that a great celebration was held in my honor so I couldn't very well leave Orkland again until the excitement was over. Can you find your way back home again? asked the boy. Oh, easily, for, like, I know exactly where it is now. But where are Trot and Cap'n Bill? Button Bright related to the Orc their adventures since it had left them in Jinxland, telling of Trot's fear that the king had done something wicked to Cap'n Bill, and of Pon's love for Gloria, and how Trot and Button Bright had been turned out of the king's castle. That was all the news that the boy had, but it made the orc anxious for the safety of his friends. Well, we've got to go to them at once, for they may need us, he said. I don't know where to go, confessed Button Bright. I'm lost. Well, I can take you back to the hut of the gardener's boy, promised the orc, for when I fly high to the air, I can look down and easily spy the king's castle. That was how I happened to spy you just entering the grove, 
So I flew down and waited until you came out. How can you carry me? asked the boy. You'll have to sit straddling my shoulders and put your arms around my neck. Do you think you can keep from falling off? I'll try, said Button Bright. So the orc squatted down and the boy took his seat and held on tightly. Then the skinny creature's tail began whirling and up they went far above the treetops. After the orc had circled around once or twice, its sharp eyes located the towers of the castle and away it flew, straight toward the place. As it hovered in the air nearby the castle, Button Bright pointed out Pond's hut, so they landed just before it and Trot came running out to greet them. Gloria was introduced to the orc, who was surprised to find Captain Bill transformed into a grasshopper. How do you like that? asked the creature. Why, it worries me a good deal, answered Captain Bill, perched upon Trot's shoulder. I'm always afraid of being stepped on, and I don't like the flavor of grass. I can't seem to get used to it. It's my nature to eat grass, you know, but I begin to suspect it's an acquired taste. Can you give molasses? asked the orc. I don't think I'm that kind of a grasshopper, replied Captain Bill. But I can't say what I might do if I was squeezed, which I hope I won't be. Well, replied the orc, it's a great city, and I'd like to meet the cruel king and his wicked witch, and punish them both severely. You're like awfully small, Captain Bill, but I think I would recognize you anywhere by that wooden leg. Then the orc and Button Bright were told all about Gloria's frozen heart, and how the Scarecrow had come from the Land of Oz to help them. The orc seemed rather disturbed when it learned that the Scarecrow had gone alone to conquer King Cruel. I'm afraid he's just going to mess it all up, said the skinny creature, and there's no telling what that terrible king would do to the poor Scarecrow, who seems like a very interesting person. So I believe I'll take a hand in this conquering stuff myself. How? asked Trot. Wait and see, was the reply. But first of all, I must fly home again, back to my own country. So you'll forgive my leaving you so soon. I'll be off at once. Stand away from my tail, please, so that the wind from it, when it revolves, doesn't knock you over. They gave the creature plenty of room, and away it went like a flash, and soon disappeared into the sky. I wonder, said Button Bright, looking solemnly after the orc, whether he'll ever come back again. Of course he will, returned Trot. The orc's a pretty good fellow, and you can depend on him. And mark my words, Button Bright, whenever our orc does come back, there's one cruel king in Jinxland that'll wish he hadn't been. Chapter 18 The Scarecrow Meets an Enemy The Scarecrow was not a bit afraid of King Cruel. Indeed, he rather enjoyed the prospect of conquering the evil king and putting Gloria on the throne of Jinxland in his place. So he advanced boldly to the royal castle and demanded admittance. Seeing that he was a stranger, the soldiers allowed him to enter. He made his way straight to the throne room, where at that time his majesty was settling the disputes among his subjects. "'Who are you?' demanded the king. "'I'm the Scarecrow of Oz!' And I command you to surrender yourself my prisoner. And why should I do that? inquired the king, much astonished at the straw man's audacity. Because I've decided you're too cruel a king to rule so beautiful a country. You must remember that Jinxland is part of Oz, 
and therefore you owe allegiance to Ozma, whose friend and servant I am. Now when he heard this, King Cruel was much disturbed in mind, for he knew the Scarecrow spoke the truth, for no one had ever before come to Jinxland from the land of Oz, and the king did not intend to be put out of his throne if he could help it. Therefore he gave a harsh, wicked <laughs> laugh of derision and said, I'm busy now. Stand out of my way, Scarecrow. I'll talk to you by and by. But the Scarecrow turned to the assembled courtiers and people and called out in a loud voice, I hereby declare, in the name of Ozma of Oz, that this man is no longer the ruler of Jinxland. From this moment, Princess Gloria is your rightful queen, and I ask all of you to be loyal to her and obey her commands. The people looked fearfully at the king, whom they all hated in their hearts, but likewise feared. Cruel was now in a terrible rage, and he raised his golden scepter and struck the scarecrow so heavy a blow that he fell to the floor. But he was up again in an instant, and with Pon's riding whip he switched the king so hard that the wicked monarch roared with pain as much as with rage. He then called on his soldiers to capture the scarecrow. They tried to do that and thrust their lances and swords into his straw body, but without doing any damage except to make holes in the scarecrow's clothing. However, they were many against one, and finally, old Googly Goo brought a rope which he wound around the scarecrow, binding his legs together and his arms to his sides, and after that, the fight was over. The king stormed and danced around in a dreadful fury, for he had never been so switched since he was a boy, and perhaps not then. He ordered the scarecrow thrust into the castle prison, which was no task at all because one man could carry him easily, bound as he was. Even after the prisoner was removed, the king could not control his anger. He tried to figure out some way to be revenged upon the straw man, but could think of nothing that could hurt him. At last, when the terrified people and the frightened courtiers had all slunk away, old Googly Goo approached the king with a malicious grin upon his face. I'll tell you what to do, he said. Build a big bonfire and burn the scarecrow up, and that will be the end of him. The king was so delighted with this suggestion that he hugged old Googly Goo in his joy. Of course, he cried. The very thing. Now why didn't I think it out myself? So he summoned his soldiers and retainers and bade them to prepare a great bonfire in an open space in the castle park. Then he sent word to all his people to assemble and witness the destruction of the scarecrow who had dared to defy his power. Before long, a vast throng gathered in the park, and servants had heaped up enough fuel to make a fire that might be seen from miles away, even in the daytime. When all was prepared, the king had his throne brought out for him to sit upon and enjoy the spectacle, and then he sent his soldiers to fetch the scarecrow. Now the one thing in all the world that the straw man really feared was fire. He knew he would burn very easily and that his ashes wouldn't amount to much afterwards. It wouldn't hurt him to be destroyed in such a manner, but he realized that many people in the land of Oz, and especially Dorothy and the royal Ozma, would feel sad if they learned their old friend the Scarecrow was no longer in existence. In spite of this, the straw man was brave and faced his fiery fate like a hero. 
When they marched him out before the concourse of people, he turned to the king with great calmness and said, This wicked deed will cost you your throne, as well as much suffering, for my friends will avenge my destruction. Yeah, right. Your friends are not here, nor will they know what I have done to you when you are gone and cannot tell them, answered the king in a scornful voice. Then he ordered the scarecrow bound to a stout stake that he had driven into the ground, and the materials for the fire were heaped all around him. When this had been done, the king's brass band struck up a lively tune, and old Googly Goo came forward and lit a match and set fire to the pile. At once the flames shot up and crept closer and closer toward the scarecrow. The king and all his people were so intent upon this terrible spectacle that none of them noticed how the sky had suddenly grown very dark. Perhaps they thought that the loud buzzing sound, like the noise of a dozen moving railway trains, came from the blazing wood and that the rush of the wind was merely a breeze. But suddenly, down swept a flock of orcs, half a hundred of them at least, and the powerful currents of air caused by their revolving tails sent the bonfire scattering in every direction, so that not one burning brand ever touched the scarecrow. But that was not the only effect of this sudden tornado. King Cruel was blown out of his throne and went tumbling, head over heels, until he landed with a bump against the stone wall of his own castle. And before he could rise, a big orc sat upon him and held him down, flat to the ground. Old Googly Goo shot up into the air like a rocket and landed on a tree where he hung by the middle of a high limb, kicking the air with his feet and clawing the air with his hands and howling for mercy like the coward that he was. The people pressed back until they were jammed close together, while all the soldiers were knocked over and sent sprawling to the earth. The excitement was great for a few minutes, and every frightened inhabitant of Jinxland looked with awe and amazement at the great orcs whose descent had served to rescue the Scarecrow and conquer King Cruel at one and the same time. The orc who was the leader of the band soon had the Scarecrow free of his bonds, then he said, Well, we were like just in time to save you, which is better than being a minute too late. You are now the master here, and we are determined to see your orders obeyed. With this, the orc picked up King Cruel's golden crown, which had fallen off his head, and placed it upon the head of the scarecrow, who in his awkward way shuffled over to the throne and sat down in it. Seeing this, a rousing cheer broke from the crowd of people, who tossed their hats and waved their handkerchiefs and hailed the scarecrow as their king. The soldiers joined the people in the cheering, for now they fully realized that their hated master was conquered, and it would be wise to show their good will to the conqueror. Some of them bound Cruel with ropes and dragged him forward, dumping his body on the ground before the scarecrow's throne. Googly Goo struggled until he finally slid off the limb of the tree and came tumbling to the ground. He then tried to sneak away and escape, but the soldiers seized and bound him beside King Cruel. The tables are turned, said the scarecrow, swelling out his chest until the straw within it cracked pleasantly, for he was highly pleased. 
but it was you and your people who did it, friend orc, and from this time you may count me your humble servant. Chapter 19 The Conquest of the Witch As soon as the conquest of King Cruel had taken place, one of the orcs had been dispatched to Pon's house with the joyful news. At once Gloria and Pon and Trot and Button Bright hastened toward the castle. They were somewhat surprised by the sight that met their eyes, for there was the scarecrow crowned king and all the people kneeling humbly before him. So they likewise bowed low to the new ruler and then stood beside the throne. Captain Bill as the gray grasshopper was still perched upon Trot's shoulder, but now he hopped to the shoulder of the scarecrow and whispered into the painted ear, I thought it was Gloria to be queen of Jinxland. The scarecrow shook his head. Not yet, he answered. No queen with a frozen heart is fit to rule any country. Then he turned to his new friend, the orc, who was strutting about, very proud of what he had done, and said, Do you suppose you or your followers could find old Blinky the witch? Where is she? asked the orc. Somewhere in Jinxland, I'm sure. Then we should certainly be able to find her. It'll give me great pleasure, declared the scarecrow. When you have found her, bring her here to me, and I'll decide what to do with her. The orc called his followers together and spoke a few words to them in a low tone. A moment after that, they rose into the air, so suddenly that the scarecrow, who was very light in weight, was blown quite out of his throne and into the arms of Pond, who replaced him carefully upon his seat. There was an eddy of dust and ashes, too, and the grasshopper only saved himself from being whirled into the crowd of people by jumping into a tree, from where a series of hops soon brought him back down to Trot's shoulder again. The orcs were quite out of sight by this time, so the scarecrow made a speech to the people and presented Gloria to them, whom they knew well already and were fond of. But not all of them knew of her frozen heart, and when the scarecrow related the story of the wicked witch's misdeeds, which had been encouraged and paid for by Cruel and Googly Goo, the people were very indignant. Meanwhile, the fifty orcs had scattered all over Jinxland, which is not a very big country, and their sharp eyes were peering into every valley and grove and gully. Finally, one of them spied a pair of heels sticking out from underneath some bushes, and with a shrill whistle to warn his comrades that the witch was found, the orc flew down and dragged old Blinky out from her hiding place. Then two or three of the orcs seized the clothing of the wicked woman in their strong claws and lifted her high into the air, where she struggled and screamed to no avail. They flew with her straight to the royal castle and set her down before the throne of the scarecrow. Good, exclaimed the straw man, nodding his stuffed head with satisfaction. Now we can proceed to business. Mistress Witch... I'm obliged to request, gently but firmly, that you undo all the wrongs that you've done by means of your witchcraft. Bah! cried old Blinky in a scornful voice. I defy you all. By my magic powers, I can turn you all into pigs, rooting in the mud. And I'll do it, too, if you're not careful. I think you're mistaken about that, said the scarecrow, and rising from his throne, he walked with wobbling steps to the side of the wicked witch. Before I left the land of Oz, Glinda, the royal sorceress, gave me a box, which I was not to open except in an emergency. 
But I feel pretty sure that this occasion is an emergency. Don't you, Trot? He asked, turning toward the little girl. Why, we've got to do something, replied Trot seriously. Things seem to be in an awful muddle here. And they'll just be worse if we don't stop this witch from doing any more harm to the people. That was my idea exactly, said the scarecrow. And taking a small box from his pocket, he opened the cover and tossed the contents toward Blinky. The old woman shrank back, pale and trembling, as fine white dust settled all about her. Under its influence, she seemed to the eyes of all observers to shrivel and grow smaller. Oh dear, oh dear, she wailed, wringing her hands in fear. Haven't you the antidote, Scarecrow? Didn't the great sorceress give you another box? She did. Well, then give it to me quick, pleaded the witch. Give it to me and I'll do anything you ask. You will do what I ask first, declared the Scarecrow firmly. The witch was shriveling and growing smaller and smaller every moment. Uh, Be quick about it, then. Tell me what I must do and let me do it or it'll be too late. You made Trot's friend Captain Bill a grasshopper. I command you to give him back his proper form again, said the Scarecrow. Where is he? Where's the grasshopper? Quick, quick, she screamed. Captain Bill, who had been deeply interested in this conversation, gave a great leap from Trot's shoulder and landed on that of the Scarecrow. Blinky saw him alight and at once began to make magical passes and to mumble magic incantations. She was in a desperate hurry, knowing that she had little time to waste, and the grasshopper was so suddenly transformed into the old sailor man that he had no opportunity to jump off the Scarecrow's shoulder. So his great weight bore the stuffed scarecrow to the ground. No harm was done, however, and the straw man got up and brushed the dust from his clothes while Trot delightedly embraced Captain Bill. The other box! Quickly! Give me the other box! begged Blinky, who had now shrunk to half her former size. Not yet, said the scarecrow. You must first melt Princess Gloria's frozen heart. I can't! It's an awful job to do that! I I can't! asserted the witch in an agony of fear, for she was still growing smaller. Well, you got to! declared the scarecrow firmly. The witch cast a shrewd look at him and saw that he meant it, so she began dancing around Gloria in a frantic manner. The princess looked coldly on, as if not at all interested in the proceedings, while Blinky tore a handful of hair from her own head and ripped a strip of cloth from the bottom of her gown. Then the witch sank upon her knees and took a purple powder from her black bag and sprinkled it over the hair and clothes. I hate to do it! I hate to do it! she wailed. For there is no more of this magic compound in all the world, but I must sacrifice it to save my own life. A match! A match! Give me a match! Quickly! And panting from lack of breath, she gazed imploringly from one person to another. Captain Bill was the only one who had a match, but he lost no time in handing it to Blinky, who quickly set fire to the hair and the cloth and the purple powder. At once a purple cloud enveloped Gloria, and this gradually turned to a rosy pink color, brilliant and quite transparent. Through the rosy cloud they could all see the beautiful princess standing proud and erect. Then her heart became visible, at first frosted with ice, but slowly growing brighter and warmer until all the frost had disappeared and it was beating as softly and regularly as any other heart. 
And now the cloud dispersed and disclosed Gloria, her face suffused with joy, smiling tenderly upon the friends who were grouped around her. Poor Pon stepped forward timidly, fearing a repulse, and the princess saw him and her sweet face alighted with a radiant smile. Without an instant's hesitation, she threw herself into Pon's arms, and this reunion of two loving hearts was so affecting that the people turned away and lowered their eyes so as not to mar the sacred joy of the faithful lovers. But Blinky's small voice was shouting to the scarecrow for help. The antidote! she screamed. Give me the other box, quick! The scarecrow looked at the witch with his quaint painted eyes and saw that she was now no taller than his knee. So from his pocket he took the second box and scattered its contents on Blinky. She ceased to grow any smaller, but she could never regain her former size, and this wicked old woman knew that well. She did not know, however, that the second powder had destroyed all her power to work magic, and seeking to be revenged upon the scarecrow and her friends at once, she began to mumble a charm so terrible in its effect that it would have destroyed half the population of Jinxland had it worked. But it did not work at all, to the amazement of old Blinky. And by this time the scarecrow noticed what the little witch was trying to do and said to her, Go home, Blinky, and behave yourself. You're no longer a witch, but an ordinary old woman. And since you're powerless to do more evil, I advise you to try to do some good in the world. Believe me, it's more fun to accomplish a good act than an evil one, as you will discover once you have tried it. But Blinky was at that moment filled with grief and chagrin at losing her magic powers. She started away toward her home, sobbing and wailing her fate, and no one who saw her go was the least bit sorry for her.